Access Division 33, the official podcast of Division 33 of the American Psychological Association, a group of professionals dedicated to science and practice in the area of intellectual and developmental disabilities and autism spectrum disorder. In each episode, we'll speak with a different member of our division, discussing their work and why it's important to the lives of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and those who support them. Welcome to Access Division 33. I'm Dr. Rachel Fenning, a member of Division 33 and your host for today. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Dr. Gail Orsmond about the role of siblings in future planning for individuals with ASD. Dr. Orsmond is the Associate Dean of Academic Affairs in the College of Health and Rehabilitation Sciences, Sargent College, and an Associate Professor in the Department of Occupational Therapy at Boston University. She's a developmental and clinical psychologist who conducts research to understand how the family, social, community, and school contexts are crucial to the development and well-being of adolescents and adults on the autism spectrum. Dr. Orsman's research has been funded by the National Institutes of Health and the U.S. Department of Education's Institutes of Education Sciences. She's a fellow of Division 33 and is a past president of the division. Hi, Dr. Orsman, welcome. Thank you. So today you're going to be talking about future planning for individuals with ASD. That's right. So we've been doing research on adult siblings who have a brother or sister on the autism spectrum for a while. And a lot of my research has focused on just understanding what their concerns are, what their hopes are, and we are finally at the point where we are developing a program for adult siblings to help them work with their families to plan for the future. That's really exciting. Uh, Can you share a little bit more about what your program looks like? Sure. So this is a project that's funded by the NIH, which is the National Institutes of Health. And it's in collaboration with my colleague, Kristen Long, who's also at Boston University. And we, um, it's a three-year project. We have spent the first year and a half interviewing siblings and service providers and adults on the spectrum about um, what would be helpful to them in terms of planning for the future. We are collaborating with the local ARC offices and hiring service providers from the ARCs to help us implement the program. And we learned a lot in the interviews with siblings and adults on the spectrum and service providers about what some of the barriers are to siblings being involved with their families to plan for the future. First off, it's really important to involve siblings when they want to be involved or when they um, can be involved because they are often the person who is still around for the long run. Mm -hmm. Um, And some adults on the spectrum need a lot of uh, direct caregiving. Others just need somebody to check in with them, make sure everything's going okay. What we have found through this study, as well as some prior research, is that siblings often want to be involved. Um, They want to talk with their family members. They know from a very young age that they will have a role in their brother or sister's life but their family often doesn't talk about it. 
And we know from research with parents that they are often reluctant to, uh, to, to talk with siblings because they want the sibling, especially as a young adult, to make choices about their own lives and not to stay at home or close to home to, so that they can just be involved. They want them to go off to college, to do their career, to uh, find a partner for life, have children if they want. And a lot of parents are afraid that if they talk with a sibling, that might influence those choices. But we hear from siblings that they really want to have those conversations, and they're not sure what their parents expect of them. And so there's this unspoken of territory. And so our program is designed to help adult siblings learn how to have those conversations with their families. It's very skill-based, so they learn how to communicate effectively with family members about difficult topics, how to bring up the topics. It's also focused on problem solving. We provide a bit of information about services, adult services and how to navigate them. There are a few unique aspects of our program. We are delivering it via telehealth, which means that uh, the ARC service providers are meeting one-on-one -on -one with an adult sibling through Zoom, which is like Skype for people who don't know what that looks like. And they, um, so we are accommodating the adult siblings' busy lives. So they're often doing this in the evenings or weekends or lunchtime at work. And that's working really well. Uh, the other unique pieces of the program are the fact that it's very skill-based. So what's out there is currently is just information. But that information is overwhelming to siblings and not in a way that they can easily digest. And they've told us that they need support through uh, navigating the information. And so we have this ARC service provider that's fulfilling that role. The program right now is six or seven sessions. It happens every other week. Uh, we're trying it out with four siblings right now and it's going very well. The sessions are, like I described before, they're skill building, family communication. They're very individualized to the sibling. The sibling makes a, a future plan of action that they wanna do so they have a goal that they're working towards in the program and the adult on the spectrum is invited to two of the sessions if they would like to be involved or if we leave that decision up to the sibling and their family. And then there's a lot of um, home practice assignments for the sibling where they talk with their family members um, about what they're doing in the program. So it really does involve the whole family. Wow, this is really incredible work. Um, how old are the siblings that you're working with? That's a really great question. We didn't know when we first started the project what age this would appeal to, but we're getting mostly so far siblings in their 30s. So they're kind of at this point where they have their work life settled, they're thinking about family, or they've just gotten married and they're kind of ready to do this. I think you know they're selecting into the program because they're interested in doing this. Um, so, but you know, that may change in the future, we'll see, but we've tended to get young adults. 
And are there any recommendations that you might have for those who might be listening or wondering about what they can do to help an individual on the spectrum? Sure. One important piece would be for parents to talk with the siblings about the topic. I know that's hard. It's hard for anybody to talk about the future. Um, Most Americans don't even want to talk about it, so I think it's even harder when the parents can't think of what's going to happen when they're no longer there. So from what we've heard about from siblings is that it, they would like and a way to talk about this. And if the parent would bring up the topic, that would be the first step. But parents often don't talk about it. Um, and so I think just the parent should take the cue from the sibling and think about their maturity and what they're ready to talk about, but acknowledge that they will they will have some type of a role and that they will have a say in what that role is. Um, the other piece that uh, we've heard as we've been doing the project is uh, that there may be other people in that adult on the spectrum's life who could be involved. And so in the future, we're, we would like to expand the program to accommodate um, different scenarios. So. We've had a parent ask if uh, the group home service provider could be involved and be the person, or uh, we had a sister-in-law um, and another family member. So I think there's a lot of room to involve anybody who would like to take on that role. What is the next step in this work? So right now we're doing what we call an open trial where where we have a manual for the program. We've written the manual and we are trying it out with four siblings at two different ARC locations. And we've been tweaking the program as we've gone along based on their feedback and what we've observed. The really great thing is we haven't had to tweak, tweak very much. It's been working really well and it's amazing to watch these siblings talk about these really tough issues. Uh, The next step will be to run a small randomized control trial where half of the siblings will be enrolled in the program and the other half will be randomly assigned just to some information that we will provide on our website. And that will tell us really whether um, the program seems to be effective Uh, and is really beneficial to siblings and hopefully we will have some indicators that it is and we will apply for grant funding for a larger trial. Great. Well, thank you so much for doing this work and for sharing it with us today. Thank you. Please tune into our next episode when we interview another leader in the field of IDD and ASD research. If you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode, please visit our Division 33 website at www.division33.org and use our contact page with the subject line podcast. To all those professionals working in the field, thank you for the work you do. And to those individuals with IDD and ASD and those who support them, we're here to help.